Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. I got a few folks sitting around me today, and uh, this is actually the most people physically that I have preached in front of in a little while. I'm so excited. I may not leave here at all today. I may just hang out with these guys all day. And um, we're very honored, though, to have this privilege to come to you during these days. Very honored that you um, are taking these times and these moments to be with us. And um, we are hearing from new members that we've yet to meet face to face. We're hearing from people in different parts of the world. Testimonies are, are coming in and prayer requests week after week. And we look forward to the times that we have together physically again. But today we're starting something on faith. And before we leave, just so that you know how to kind of stay tuned here with me, before we leave today, I have five specific things that I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop on you here at the end that will give you something to kind of move through this week. What a great thing it's gonna be. Phil and Meredith and the team leads on Thursday night with other local churches here, but also churches all over our nation. For those of you that are in America, Thursday is a national day of prayer. And if we've ever needed a national day of prayer, we need one right here and we need one right now. And it's gonna be an incredible thing and how great it is for you wherever you are to be able to find prayer on Thursday. I'm coming to you today because we're starting this series on tectonic faith. <laughs> faith, what kind, what kind of faith does it take to be able to have your faith grow into the size of a mountain? And. Um, I want, to give, I want to give you a scripture to start this off with in this 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 4 and 5 where, where Paul came to the, the, the church at Corinth in a time of distress and trouble and he said, but my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man but stand in the power of God. And that's what I want to tell you, that faith, faith is not a thought. Faith is a force. Faith moves and faith becomes. It does not stand in the wisdom of man, but it stands in the power of God. Some of you may have not have heard me talk about faith before. Some of you need to be refreshed on this, but I want to tell you something, that the power to believe is the greatest power in the world today you have to get that into your mind that faith and the, the ability to believe is the greatest power in the world today there's military might and all over the world militaries and if you go through history you would see that militaries win some battles and then they lose the next one they they come on the stage for a while and then they're gone empires rise and empires fall kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall but military might is not the greatest power in the world. Adolf Hitler said that he was going to build the Third Reich and that they would rule for a thousand years and he never lived another thousand days and they collapsed. 
military might is is man's power there is there is political might and these are times to pray as we always should for all of our all of our leaders in different positions and things like that but politicians come and go and I don't mean that disrespectfully I mean it as as a matter of fact kings come and kings go down and people come in and people go out uh, and, and we do people do their best to legislate certain numbers of things but you can't legislate righteousness and you can't legislate faith you can't you can't make it mandatory to have faith <laughs> and you can't outlaw it either because faith is a force and then there's economic powers economic powers that the markets go up and down currencies change and we all we all want good economies when I first started preaching in Singapore they were so poor that Malaysia was going to buy Singapore <laughs> and then things changed and the standard of living in Singapore became equal to that in America currencies come up and currencies go down economic power goes up and it goes down some trust in chariots some trust in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord our God because my faith is a force my faith is a force that works no matter who's in power my faith works no matter who's winning my faith works no matter if money is doing gymnastics my my, my faith is a force that lives on the inside of me and I want to tell you that the greatest power in the world today is the power to believe and if you can believe if you can believe you should count that as a gift from God because being a believer then puts us a counter distinction between the rationalist a rationalist is someone who can only make decisions based on current information they have to have statistics and graphs and charts and all those things have their place faith is not irrational but it's not bound by rationale faith puts me a counter distinction between the emotionalist the people that make all of their decisions based on how they feel at any given moment and sometimes you <laughs> my faith is not a feeling and my faith is that you should not confuse my faith with optimism <laughs> I'm optimistic but my faith is not optimism and, and you should not confuse my faith with me being in a good mood faith is not a good mood my faith works when I'm not feeling good <laughs> faith works when things around me don't make sense because faith is not found in a person's head faith is found in a person's heart I'm getting ready to take you somewhere in a minute, but I need you to understand that the faith that is in you is elastic. It has an ebb and a flow, and it rises to whatever occasion that I'm in. And if I need to move something out of the way, my faith stands up. Uh, sometimes I have to have faith for a breakthrough. I heard people up here today talking about a breakthrough, and sometimes when you have to have that breakthrough faith, that faith has to stand up and push. I want to say it like I want to say it because I'm, I'm talking to you today the way I want to say it is my faith has an attitude and and sooner or later you and and your adversary have to have an understanding that if you push on me too hard 
my faith is going to start pushing back and my faith has an attitude and it rises up and it's elastic it rises and falls based on whatever situation i need somebody to know today because Jesus prayed a prayer for Simon Peter. And he said, I have prayed for you. This is something I heard. He said, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And that when you are converted, you're going to strengthen your brothers. And I want to tell somebody, he never prayed that Simon would not fail. He said, because you are going to deny me. <laughs> you, you are going to fail. But it's not your failure that's the problem. It's if your faith fails. And he said, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And I'm praying for somebody today that during lockdowns and shutdowns and closeouts and kids at, ha at your house and eating everything that you can think of to cook and trying to, trying to do everything that you can do to kind of keep your mind <laughs> in the right place. And maybe you have failed a few times. Maybe you said some things that, that you shouldn't have said or whatever. And you've, you had some, here's, here's what Jesus is praying for you today, that your faith will not fail. And I'm going to say over you, if you're looking at me, that means you're in the right place at the right time to hear this word that's coming to you, that your faith will not fail. Truth is objective. Faith is subjective. Hmm. Objective truth means it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, or how you are. It is true. The law of gravity applies Rich folks, poor folks, young, old, Chinese, African, or Mexican. You jump off a building, you go hit the ground. That's an objective truth. Faith is subjective. That means faith is real to the person who possesses it. Ah. My, my faith is not looking for any evidence. My faith is the, it's the fact that I have faith. That is the evidence. And that faith that's on the inside of you is subjective. It's real to the person who possesses it. It don't have to make sense to anybody else. I don't have to prove it. I know it. It's on the inside of you. And if you have faith, the desire of God to be believed is so huge that he makes special promises to those who believe. If you can believe, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. If you're a believer, you ought to like do this or put a thumb up, do something, type something in there and just confess it out of your mouth and say, I believe because this is the thing that is so central to faith, so central to Christianity, really. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That is because all of Christianity going before the birth of Christ, all of, all of your relationship with God is based on a fundamental concept of promise. Promise. Loved it singing promise keeper. God is faithful, not, be, not just because he's faithful to us, because if, if, he, if he wasn't faithful to us, what could we do? We can't hold God according to his word we can't hold him hostage we can't strong arm God God is faithful because he's faithful to himself and when he didn't have to promise anything he just promised anyway and he promised and he, he remained faithful to himself so all of all of all of our relationship with God is based on the concept of promise to receive the promise is based on the concept of faith so without faith, it is impossible to please God because God has promised to us. 
And so if you go, go, go anywhere, go to Genesis, go to Exodus. If you get strong in your faith, go to Leviticus. <laughs> and you, but you're going to find God's exceeding great and precious promises. He made promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. And he made these promises to them and says, the only thing I want you to do is I want you to believe. I want you to believe. This is where tectonic faith comes from. Faith that becomes like a mountain. Because that kind of faith comes through time. It comes through a journey. It comes through a little pressure. It comes by standing up and determining to believe. Even when it seems like you don't have any reason to believe. I'm talking to someone right now who in, the, in, in these days are having so many uncertainties in front of you. But I'm praying that your faith will not fail. Because what you don't know, potentially, or what you can't see, is you can't see around the corner that God has made promises to you, promises over you, that are going to come to pass. They may not come in the package you thought they were coming in, and they may not come on the date that you had designed for them to come in. But if you can believe, you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And you just got to hold yourself in there. And it's all right if you're feeling bad because your faith is still working. It's all, it's all right if, if your money's acting funny because God, your faith is still working. It, it's all right if people don't understand it and you have some ups and downs in the middle of all this as far as the way that you feel. I done went to... Um, feeding birds that's how you know you, you you find things to do you find things to do and um kathy and phil and them they, they they'll put puzzles together you know jigsaw puzzles but I, I don't have good spatial skills i just that that would set me off i would be i would be dangerous because i just get upset so i just decided to start feeding birds so because i got up one morning I got up one morning and um, there were some cardinals in our backyard. And so I thought like, oh, I want to keep these cardinals around. So um, I shouldn't even be telling all this because we, because I couldn't find like real bird food. So I went to the cupboard and got um, raisin bran. Put some raisins in the raisin bran and crushed it all up and blueberries and stuck it out on the table outside. And I got so excited. I got so excited because the next day, it was three of them out there. Yeah, I was so excited. So I didn't go into feeding birds, but my faith is working. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. You you may have found things that you're that that you're doing just to kind of occupy a little bit of time. I'm have, trying to have a little bit of fun with you because you need to have a little laugh today as well. But my thing is that no matter what's going on, your faith is working your faith is working I got five things I'm getting ready to give to you here in a minute and I hope that you will let us know where you are that way I can kind of see you all of us miss seeing each other's faces one of the one of the reasons we're blessed to see you guys up here as a very small num numerically team is because it does everyone good to be able to see some familiar faces and to be able to see you and hear you and I've got about five things that I'm going to give you. I want to talk about this faith because the person that came to my mind 
about mountain faith was a guy that a lot of people don't preach about by the name of Caleb. Caleb doesn't have a lot of scripture dedicated to him, but it's strong. Caleb was Joshua's running buddy. They were partners. Everybody knows Joshua. He's got a whole book named after him. And Joshua is going to succeed Moses. And he's an incredible figure in the Bible. But Caleb kind of comes to the forefront when they go just before the promise. I'm still on the word promise. All of your relationship with God is based on the concept of promise. And all of promise demands faith. And God had promised to them, going all the way back to Abram, that there is a land that I'm going to give you. Can you imagine this? This is a promise. It's a promise to a man who walks away from Babel. And God says exactly the opposite of what they said at the Tower of Babel. At Babel, they said, we will make our names great. We will, go to, we, we will do this. We will do that. And then God makes a promise to Abraham. I will make your name great. I will bless you. I will, I will, I will. And I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. What kind of a promise is that to someone who's never been out of town? <laughs> and Abram starts walking and the promise keeps living. The promise keeps living. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they're walking through the land headed to the place of promise. God attaches the promise to two things. One is a piece of property that is permanent and fixed it cannot move the other part of the promise is attached to their feet that wherever the sole of your feet tread I have given that to you one thing cannot move the other thing has to move we walk by faith and not by sight therefore by the time your feet get on to the place that God has for you you will be prepared for the promise to possess the promise to possess the promise so by the time 70 people from one family go into Egypt they come out as a great nation and Moses is leading them and they come just by the time we get over here to just before Jericho Moses says I want you to choose someone out of every tribe one one man out of every tribe which makes it 12 guys, 12 guys. We're going to send them into the land and I want, them, I want them to view the land. Go in there for 40 days and come back and tell us because this is, this is our promise. And everything is based on this promise. And so go in there and tell us whether the, whether the, the land is good and whether there be people there and whether is there milk and honey, all this stuff we've been hearing about for generations. Go in there and come back with a report. And what an amazing thing. Here we go, everybody. What an amazing thing. Ten, ten of the, the guys come back and they start talking about giants. I'm getting ready to make a point to you. Ten guys come back and start talking about giants. And the Bible said, and Caleb, Caleb stilled the people and said, we are able to go up at once and possess it. Woo. Same situation, different faith. Faith is not denial. 
Faith, faith does not cause me to look out into, the, into, into my world and, and feel like uh, that there's not a virus going around. Faith doesn't cause me to, to look into the world and say economies don't go up and down. Faith is not denial. Faith is seeing the same situation through a different lens. It is not the lack of concern. It is not Pollyannish. It's not silly. It's not capricious. It's not something I don't know what I'm doing. But something inside of me says God has never left us nor forsaken us. And we will come through. And when we come, we are able to possess what God told us we could possess. And because of there, God is so concerned with being believed. That because they brought back what the Bible refers to as a bad report. Think about this. The Bible said that the, the negative report of the, of the ten spies caused the hearts of the people to melt. They were all excited, waiting on this report to come back. Because now we're finally going to possess the promise that Abraham told us about, that Moses handed down. And, and, oh, we're finally going to do it. And ten of their leaders came back and caused their hearts to melt. And God is so concerned about being believed that he said, you can't go in. You can't go in. Nobody 20 and over can go in. And they walked. They walked for 40 years. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. They walked for 40 years. I've often wondered what it would have been like to be Caleb. Who believed. We can, we can do this. We can do this. And now he's got to walk with these people. Caleb was about 40 years old when he went into, went into that land. And now he's got to walk for another 40. He's got to walk for another 40. He had to every day think about those first ripe grapes that they brought back. To think about the land that he saw. To, I mean, what's it like to be in something and then have to come back out of it? And now for 40 years, he's walking. I'm talking about faith that hangs out under pressure. 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. That makes, that makes a six-week lockdown seem like a vacation. 40 years. 40 years he's walking, but he hasn't stopped believing. He's still hanging on to a promise because he serves a God who wants to be believed. After 40 years, they come back, and the only two people out of the original generation that go in are Joshua and Caleb. Here's, but, there's a, but there's an interesting thing. Caleb is about um, seven years younger than uh, Joshua. <laughs> By the time he's in his 80s, they start dividing up the land. Because now that they're, they've come into their place of promise. And they start saying, this tribe over here gets this land, you know, from this river to that thing. And, and they start dividing up the land. Caleb walks up there with his 80-some-year-old self. And he said, um, where's my land? Because the Bible said that Joshua was, was older in years. I think it's 13. Let me, let me find it for you just so that you know because I know some of you got time to, to make a little note. This is Joshua chapter 13, verse number 1. Joshua was old and stricken in years. And the Lord said to him, there remains much more land to be possessed. Okay, so now we're here. Let's possess it. But Joshua was, you know, maybe a little wore out. I don't know. 
Here's, here's what Caleb said, everybody. This is, this is my point, and I'm going to give you these, these things here. Joshua chapter 14, verse number 10. This is what Caleb says. The Lord has kept me alive these 40 and 5 years. So that makes him 85. If he was 40 when he went in, and he, or he walked for 40, now say he's 85. The Lord has kept me alive these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke these words unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And this day I am fourscore and five years old. So that's 85. Verse 11. And I am as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sent me. And as my strength was then, even so is my strength now. And in verse 12 he said, give me my mountain that's mountain faith that's that's faith that's like a mountain he said look i did not walk all these years in this wilderness i did not come through everything i've come through for you to think that i can't have what god promised me because everything in god is based on a promise and god wants to be believed and my faith is just like it was when I went into that land the first time and you are not going to give everybody else something and think that I didn't come here to claim my promise. And I came to tell somebody you might have gone through hard times, but before you just sit down and hang up your harp on the willow tree and have a pity party for yourself, I want you to be like Caleb. And I want you to look back over your life and I want you to have those words and say, you know what? I have walked some miles with God. I've been through some things in life, but God has kept me alive. God has preserved me. God has made ways where there was no ways. He has fixed things that nobody else could fix. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be looking at this screen right now. And so something on the inside of you has to get that testimony of faith and say, guess what? I am as strong today as I was the day. You know what I think? I think I'm stronger than the day I first got saved. When I first got saved, I like the way Paul says it. I know in whom I have believed. I used to believe in him. Now I know him. <laughs> because I didn't know him when I got saved, I believed him. But now I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded. I am persuaded. I, you came too late to try to talk me out of it. I am persuaded that God is able to keep everything that is committed to him. Mountain faith walks through wildernesses. It walks with sometimes people who don't believe. It believes in the promise of God. And it walks up to that mountain and says, I am as strong today as I was in the day that God sent me. And therefore, my faith says, you're going to give me this mountain. God has made promises to you. God has promises over you that you don't even know about. And today, I want you to hang on to those promises. For those of you that like to type, those of you who like to write down, I'm going to give you five little things right here. I'm not going to preach them because you got a lot of time this week. And uh, we used to know an older lady preacher, Fuchsia Pickett, used to say, don't make me do your homework for you. <laughs> so I'm going to give them to you, and you can do your own homework. But these are five things that, that will help your faith to understand because based on the promises, based on the promises of God, some of you will type them into your computer. Some of you will. I want to pray right here, right here, right here. I don't, I don't want to move past this. I just heard someone is coming back to Jesus right now. Woo. 
One day you will thank God for the pressure. I'm going to say it like I want to say it. Please don't take it wrong. Because y'all know I don't like to upset anybody. So, but what, I'm, what I want to say it, the way I want to say it, is one day you will thank God for a lockdown. Whew. One day you will thank God for a shutdown. Because had it not been for, I'm not saying God did it. I'm saying that God stepped into that moment. Because he said, my promises over your life have nothing to do with political powers, economic powers, military powers, shutdowns, lockdowns, putouts, closed down. Don't have anything to do with that. You ever notice that when, whenever God promised the land to them, he never mentions giants. Not one time. He's always milk and honey, <laughs> a land of hills and valleys. He, God never mentions giants, not one time. The only time the giants are mentioned is when them spies came back, the scouts came back, and they said there's giants in the land. Why do you think God never mentioned the giants? Because they're irrelevant. Because he promised it to you while the giants were there. Why does God not mention lockdowns and shutdowns and all of those kind of things? Because they are irrelevant. Irrelevant to the promise. Understand? I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't have effects upon our lives. And, but the reason I'm taking the time to point that out is because somebody is coming back to Jesus. And one day, maybe even today, you will thank God for the lockdown and the shutdown. Because God stepped into that moment to get your attention. And had it not been... For where we are had you not felt the things that you're feeling you wouldn't be looking at me right now and the Spirit of God is coming into your house car bedroom living room attic backyard home office someone someone I keep hearing the name Terrence whoever you are Terrence wherever you are Terrence I was, trying to, I was trying to hear clearly whether the name was Terrence or there's a place in California, like I think it's called Terrence, Terrence, California. It's kind of up in the Bay Area. So it's, it's something like that, something like that. But you'll, you'll, you'll know by a witness, not the only person, but the Spirit of God is touching you today. I'm going to ask you to do something that, that doesn't mean anything other than the fact that I'm asking you to do it. Because you can be born again walking and pray Jesus save me and, and believe in the promise <laughs> that it's what he did for you. you you can you can be saved driving down the road in a car I believe all of that so it's, it's not about that but I see I see somebody kneeling by their bed or a chair and you're going to do it like the, the old school way there are people right now that are getting on their knees. I'm going to get on my knees with you. Because wherever you are, wherever you are, if you can believe, if you can believe, if you can believe that today is your day of turnaround. And you will never be the same again. And you may live so far away that I may never get to see you other than some kind of a social media picture or something like that. Or, 
we may only find out when you let us know that you received Jesus but I'm telling you this is not an accident and you all it is is believe in your heart if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart shall be saved it's not what you have done for God but what God has done for you and he promised he made a promise he made a promise that all who believe in him would not perish but have ever ever everlasting life let me give you these things right here these things right here all right five promises five promises that are very very simple and very easy a promise and a statement number one God is with me that's a promise I will be with you God is with me therefore I will not fear God is with me I will not fear I'm just letting that sit for a minute number two God is in control I will not doubt God is in control and I will not doubt God is in control I will not doubt number three God is good I will not despair God is good I will not despair you can have your moments <laughs> if you read through the Bible you find out that most of God's women of God and men of God always had a little moment of despair you know but when I remind myself that God is good I will not despair number four God is watching I will not falter God is watching God is watching his eye is on the sparrow I ain't gonna sing it don't even try playing God his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me God is watching God is watching sometimes when I've talked to people that have gone through traumatic situations in their life the death of a family member or abuse of some kind one of one of the biggest attacks of the enemy is where was God where was God I want to tell you something God is watching God is watching I will not falter the word falter is really means to lose my faith I will not let go of my faith because God is watching God is watching last one God is victorious God is victorious I will not fail I will not fail because my faith is like mountain faith give me this mountain give me the promises of God that belong to me and I may not be able to hang out with my friends at a favorite restaurant I may not be able to go to a sporting event may not be able to go to a concert for a little bit for a while who knows how long may not be able to see everybody that I want to see sitting in this in this room right here but guess what sometimes to get your faith to be a mountain you have to stand still 
and see the salvation of God. You just have to put your feet down. The way, that, the way Ephesians says it is when you've done everything to stand, just keep standing. Keep standing. I came to you on this day today to put some faith in your heart and to tell you that you will not fail. Jesus has prayed that your faith will not fail. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.